Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Recorded Thursday, April the 19th, 2018, this is the Western Devs Podcast. In today's episode, the devs discuss moving their website to SSL. Boy, look here, we get something for you. Welcome to a Western Devs podcast. We uh, broke a promise by having by not waiting a full year since our last one. It is now uh, it is April uh, twenty nineteen, and sorry, April twenty eighteen, and <laughs> <laughs> we've uh, we, we've talked about something interesting recently, and we thought um, we would impose it on the listeners. It's our recent move of westerndevs.com to SSL to, um, to make everything we talk about that much more secure. And much of that work was done by Westy. Yo, yo. Thank you for being on the podcast with us, Westy. Even though you're- Thanks for dusting it off and bringing it back. Okay. <laughs> um, first topic we want to talk about is why do we care about SSL? Why should we bother with SSL for a blog. I mean, uh, everything on there is public. There's no login, there's no administration. Mm-hmm. So, what made you want to do this? So, there's two big reasons. Um, the first one is the driving factor, which is it's more personal. Um, time is limited uh, for everybody, you know, in their real lives. And I like to blog. I like to contribute to the community. And I had my personal blog for a long time, and then I was dual posting it to Western devs. And I was like, well, let's just post to Western devs. Being a browser-based kind of expert, being web standards guy, blogging to a site that doesn't support SSL, it's kind of lame. And that's where this started for me. And so I went down the line of how do we do this on Azure? You know, how do we do this for cheap? Uh, you know, this is just kind of don't want to spend all the money. Azure turned out as a little bit more pricey than I wanted it to be by far. And Amazon was a great solution. So went down that road and saw that they hosted static sites for for cheap, provided free SSL. Um, And then that's where it went. Along that process, Google announced that their SEO was going to, uh, their their SEO algorithm was going to have a impact. It was going to, if you didn't have SSL, you were going to get dropped down on the list. Not to say that, you know, we're already always at the top of the list, but you would lose your, your page ranking and stuff like that if you didn't have SSL. And Chrome itself was going to um, provide warnings saying, hey, if you don't have SSL, this site doesn't have SSL. You, this might not be the best site for you. It's going to give the general users warning that you should probably avoid this site if you can. So with that in mind, I was Could like, let's move over. Other browsers too? Um, Google's the first one to really push, uh, push it on the user experience. I haven't heard where Mozilla and Microsoft have, have been going with it, but I know that they're not fighting them <laughs> uh, as far as I know. So with that coming down the pipe, it's, we might as well move to SSL and we want to keep the blog live and keep random searching us out. And, you know, Chrome is the number one browser by far. So It seems like SSL is kind of the zeitgeist to sure at the moment. Uh, the, availability of free SSL certificates has really improved in mm-hmm. the last uh, 18 months. 
Uh, so it seems like it's a lot easier to do this now and a lot more desirable for people to do this. Well, that's my, my question is like, is there, we'll go into the details of this, but uh, is there a reason? Oh, by the way, I forgot to tell people who's on this. We got, besides Westy, there's Simon and Donald Hello. and, and uh, Dylan, whose main job is going to be um, to say you can do that on Azure at regular intervals. <laughs> so um, would you say, Westy, that it's um, easy enough that you really should do this, There's that it's irresponsible not to do it now, even for something simple like a blog? I wouldn't call it irresponsible, but I think if you, it's, it's that first step of, you know, I have, I want to put something on the internet, uh, whatever it is, and I want it to be taken a little bit more seriously than just some sort of you know, generic free, I'm not going to think about it anymore site. And if you bought your domain, you can look at getting an SSL cert with it, um, whether it's uh, through Amazon or, or uh, like, like Simon at Imply, there's some other, there's plenty of other options out there. Um, but I think that's kind of, if you're taking yourself a little bit seriously, or you think this might turn into something, SSL is like just a step above I registered my own custom domain. Like it, it's, it's not that big of a step. It's, it's, it's pretty important. I think. Girl, I still don't fully <clears throat> understand why um, people put so much importance on it for, you know, like a blog site. I can understand if it's a site where you log in, you're doing shopping, something like that. But uh, I get it that we want to do it because we don't want to be punished in SEO but why is Google punishing sites that really don't have any secure content for not using SSL? I still don't fully get that. I think it's historical, really, that your preference for allowing this stuff to be open in the first place. Like, there's no other protocol out there that would be developed today where encryption would not be part of the protocol. Like, we're only used to HTTP being unencrypted because that's the way it used to be way back in the day, and we're all old. But like, if you were going to develop a new protocol today, you're like, hey, look at this protocol. It doesn't encrypt anything by default. I can guarantee you that that protocol would never see the light of day. So I, I think that it's important to have all this stuff encrypted just by default. You don't necessarily want people finding out what websites you're going to or intercepting the traffic or changing things on it. And SSL provides that layer of protection that prevents man-in-the-middle attacks for the most part, and it allows a better, just a better sense of being on the internet that you know that when you're trying to talk to website X, it's probable, more probable, at least with SSL, that you are actually talking to that website. It's also not a big concern for most of us in the Western world, but in some parts of the world, you, your conversations online aren't private. Um, the government's always watching you, and this could be something that could really put you in physical danger. Not that Western Devs offers that kind of problem, probably, unless you're a VB.net developer. But um, <laughs> it, it's something that that I think, in general, is a concern that uh, that we in the West don't see as a primary thing, but in some parts of the world, it is. Another thought I had is if it's such, you know, um, a focus of the web, everybody, everybody wants every site to be SSL. Um, 
I was a little surprised at how difficult, how many hoops it seemed that we needed to jump through um, to get it up and running. Full disclosure, I did zero work on this. Uh, but just seeing you guys' conversation and back and forth and the, the origin stuff and getting it configured right, I would think that if every site should be SSL, that every website hoster should just have a, a checkbox that says, make it all us. So I, I think the thing to understand with what you saw in our conversation during the process of making it work is the vast majority of that had nothing to do with SSL. That was mm -hmm. getting um, the... So what we did is we put our site into S3 that is fronted by CloudFront, a CDN. And we were getting the CDN to talk to our data source, the S3 bucket properly. And that was where we were running into um, typos and, and misconfigurations and stuff. The SSL stuff on AWS is almost literally nothing more than a checkbox. I think you have to tick a checkbox and then pick it in a dropdown somewhere else and that's it. It, it absolutely is that. So maybe this is a good time to go into how are we hosting this? What do we do? Mr. West. Sorry, say, say the question again. I want to know what it is that we did. Like, how are we hosting this website? Ah, okay. So well, let's start with where we, where we were. Uh, okay. So, and I can talk to that. It's a Hexo site. We moved to Hexo some time ago. It's on the blog. And uh, it was just, it's a GitHub repository and it was running on GitHub sites. Is that what they call it? I can't remember. Uh, GitHub sites or GitHub, GitHub pages. GitHub pages, that, that thing. And it was all kind of automated by Travis. It, um, it, back when we still had it running on Jekyll, we had like this automatic thing from Travis and we just converted it over. So there, there wasn't a whole lot to it. So that's what Westy, you started from. And it's, and it's the other thing is too, it's Hexo and Jekyll for people that might not have used those, right? It's a, it's a static site. So we check, check in somewhat dynamic content. Our build runs Hexo and converts that into static pages, which is what gets deployed. And yeah, then, yeah, and that's all automatic. As soon as you ch uh, check something in, it automatically gets deployed through Travis. Yeah. So yeah, we're doing uh, continuous deployment with Travis. So moving, one of the challenges with GitHub pages was that if you wanted to leverage uh, SSL, there was no good way of doing it without uh, changing your domain to be like westerndevs.github.io or something like that. So moving to Amazon, it gave us that custom domain feature. And so that's where we started. We, we updated the, the Travis deployment to deploy to an S3 bucket and then we configured CloudFront to point to that S3 bucket. So we have the CDN, so we're, we're, we should get some, some good caching out of it. And then we added the SSL certificate to it. The, the challenge with it, um, and that's the thing that uh, where Dylan was talking about earlier, that the challenge we were hitting was with CloudFront pointing to the S3 bucket because we're doing this on a shoestring um, in the sense of the, the, it, this was the best option for the amount of money we want to spend, or at least that we want to look at spending upfront. Because uh, I've set up SSL for a website in Azure, but Azure doesn't really have the best options for static site hosting that's very affordable and their, and their SSL is much more expensive. Um, mainly because they, it's, it's 70 bucks a year for a single domain or 300 bucks a year for a wildcard domain through Azure. 
uh, and you just upload your own certificate, but even just doing uploading your own certificate that you buy, let's say if you went to you know cheapssl.com and bought a, a cert for 20 bucks, it still costs you about $15 just to have SSL on your web app. And that still goes to the point of you need a window or an Azure web app, which is, you know, if you're just doing a static site, that's a lot more money than hosting uh, the S3 content, which is, I think, so far our bill's at like two cents rather than, uh, like my davidwest.com is hosted on Azure and I measure that site and I do that through the MVP stuff, but it's about $60 a month to host my static site through Azure uh, with SSL. And that's not including this SSL cert that I, I purchased for that. I, I think it's important to, to say something here about the SSL on Azure though, because there's probably people wildly typing in the comments right now. Um, you can get free SSL certs on Azure through Let's Encrypt. The experience of getting them and getting them set up yeah. and having to renew them, I think it's every 90 days or something like that, mm-hmm. is both awkward and cumbersome to the point that it's unbearable. The other thing I, I saw that solution, um, the Let's Encrypt feature, they that, that but they it's the community has provided that support um, through Azure Site Extensions, or there's a term for it. Mm-hmm. But I found that I was trying to figure out why Microsoft doesn't have their own solution for it, and that's the thing that kind of bugged me was well, no, I want the Microsoft solution for SSL, and that Microsoft solution for SSL is buy a cert from us for 300 bucks. Like, well, well they, they do have an item in their issue tracker around this. It's a pretty high voted issue. Mm-hmm. But it, yeah, in my mind, the integration should be as soon as you apply a custom domain, it should automatically bind port 443 and it should get you a certificate for free. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think AWS, when you go and, and request, you have to request the certificate as part of the process. It doesn't do it as automatic as you're suggesting, Simon. But um, yep. When you request okay. it, it does have a little label um, or, or write up on the page that says something along the lines of, we think your site should be secure. We're not going to charge it for you. We just want you to build a secure site. Here you go. And, and just to throw out my, you can do that with Azure comment. Um, we're, we're not quite comparing apples to apples here. I, I think where this conversation is going is in AWS, right? We put it, the static stuff in storage buckets and then a CDN in front of it. Uh, the equivalent mm-hmm. in Azure would be putting the static files in a storage account and using a CDN in front of it. Storage accounts mm-hmm. uh, do support um, custom domains and the CDN does support HTTPS. So some of the costs I think you were talking about, Westy, was Azure websites, uh, which is not apples to apples with what we're doing at Amazon. No, um, but I did look at doing the Azure static site thing with like using Azure storage, but the, it doesn't, I, for last I had checked at least, and maybe I'm out of date, this, the storage didn't default to using index.html. Like it wouldn't give me a default. You had to specifically reference the file that you wanted, which for a website kind of is a bit challenging. Yeah, I think that's true. You have to set up the CDN and have a rewrite rule set up in it for that to work. Yeah, so the Amazon ones seem to be a lot more straightforward. For At least it's for me. I was able to go from like, I've never logged into AWS to I deployed a site with SSL and a custom domain in a couple of days. Uh, and that was just like me at around midnight, between midnight and one in the morning, kind of fumbling through blog posts and, 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 and tinkering. So, you know, I didn't even get that far with the Azure Let's Encrypt stuff after about a week. 
I was like, I, this is too much. I went through the process on my personal blog uh, mm-hmm. on both sides. And uh, the, the Let's Encrypt stuff was painful to get working. Okay. And, uh, and then I got it working. And then having to renew it every 90 days became painful because the, the custom community thing that you have to use um, wouldn't configure properly and wouldn't stay configured properly. And then my, I, I figured oh, I'll try AWS and see what that's like. And I had the same experience as you did, Westy, where you just yeah. read some material and, you know, a day or two later, I had everything up and working and it was slick. Mm-hmm. So from that standpoint, I think the AWS is the winner from a, an experience stand, um, uh, of getting it running. Um, I agree with Dylan on the cost analysis because I, I was running mine similar to how you were Dave uh, before um, where it was a uh, uh, web app, static static mm-hmm. app in a web app or whatever the terms are in Azure. And it was costing me like 50 or 60 bucks a month. And yep. my, my cost right now um, for AWS, granted this is my personal Bob, so my mom hasn't been hammering on it to drive the cost up. But it's been around five to six cents a month for for traffic, and then there, I think there's a fifty cent fee, roughly fifty cent fee for the um, Rote fifty three uh, DNS hosting stuff. Yep. So pretty expensive then. Yeah, it's the fifty six cents. I'm gonna be able to. You know what? I can't even come up with something to buy with it. Well, you're losing out on a coffee every four or five months. See, I don't even drink coffee, so it's not that. I was thinking scotch, and I was like, I'm not going to live long enough to get a bottle of scotch. <laughs> yeah, I think if, if the, the equivalent on the Amazon side, if I'm understanding, if I'm trying to do apples to apples, if we were trying to host our static site in, um, I think it's an EC2 instance or an Elastic Beanstalk instance, which is much more expensive because it's a full-out web app, it, the price would would jump, jump dramatically for the Amazon side, but we don't have to. So it works out great. <laughs> so really the big thing in my experience for the changeover was the simplicity around SSL. Mm-hmm. Um, so where did we get our cert from? Is it let's encrypt or is it just Amazon's giving us the cert? Amazon provides the cert. Yep. There's no 90 day renewal thing. I think I'd have to look it up. I think there is a one or two year time limit on it, but it auto renews. Mm-hmm. But is that like a, an SSL certificate that has our domain in it or is it a more of a general one? No, it's a wildcard. Um, star.westerndevs.com. Oh, really? Wow. Also, it's, it covers uh, westerndevs.ca as well. So it's multi-domain wildcard for both. Cool. Now, I had to make some changes in GoDaddy for this mm-hmm. um, because I'm the one that owns the .com domain and, and Donald, you have the .ca domain. I eventually gave up because it was a long day at that point. Um, but like I, I ran into problems trying to export uh, something from GoDaddy. I can't even remember what I was exporting. And then it failed when I tried to import it um, because there was a duplicate records somewhere. Was, was it the authorization? Uh, I can't remember what you asked me to do. Yeah, I hit the same issue when I was importing them back into Route 53. It, just the way um, GoDaddy formats their DNS records and the way Amazon's expecting, there was a, a, a duplicate A record. So GoDaddy lets you have, I think, two different A records 
um, with Amazon, you're not allowed to do that. And so it, it kind of, or pointing at the origin, you couldn't point at the origin uh, twice. So once I removed that, but it, it did take some fiddling and, and I ended up just actually manually copying everything. Or there's only like, I think eight rows. So it wasn't a big deal to, to migrate it over, but I could see if you had like, you know, a lot of DNS uh, line items in there, like 48, 49, it could be a bit of a, a pain to, to triage that for the average person. I'm no, I'm no DNS networking expert by any stretch. I think I had to move four entries over for the .ca. And I didn't bother with the export. I just cut and paste them from one browser tab to the other. Mm -hmm. And the, that, that worked just fine. Yeah, and then it was a matter of, uh, in the GoDaddy side, like pointing the name servers to root 53. Yep. And then the, the, we let that carry over and it was fine after overnight, it was, it was good to go. So how much downtime did we have? Um, all of the downtime actually happened when we did the switch over to SSL. So that was the cloud front issue we were hitting. And that would be like my biggest criticism of the Amazon solution is not to get into the weeds with it. I'm going to do a, I do have my blog posts started. There will be some blog posts showing up in the next little bit about all these issues. Um, but when you're configuring the origin in CloudFront, it, it, what it does is it auto-completes saying like, oh, what bucket do you want to point at? And it gives you a, you know, you list all the different buckets you can point at and it's, and it's fine. You just kind of pick one, you think you're fine. That is not what you want to do. You actually want to uh, append HTTP uh, and the full static site URL they give you underneath the hood to, uh, to into, into that little text box which will then make a series of new options display in the UI. And then you can configure the details you need. And then you save that configuration as a custom origin. And the fun part about that too, is once you save it and you go back to the CloudFront dashboard, if you were to open it up again, all of that UI, all that stuff you just configured disappears and goes back to the default one as though you auto completed it. So it's not a, 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 a very intuitive way to do anything. And I'm wondering if that's intentional. They don't want a lot of people doing static sites this way or, or something weird like that. But uh, it, was, it was one of these things where I found this blog post from a guy who did the, a very similar thing saying, oh, you really got to watch the static endpoint thing. And it just like, oh, yeah, I remember that now because it burned me the first time I did this too. The, the way that it manifests itself as well is that the landing page for westerndevs.com is an index.html and that page will load up fine but any sub pages in you know whatever folder um, that they're in they'll be in folder one slash index.html uh, those index.html pages won't get defaulted to when you go to that url and if you just put in the slash folder one um, piece so it's it's really odd behavior in the end that if you do it um, by choosing the, the backing bucket through the dropdown instead of typing it in. Okay, well, I guess we'll look forward to the uh, blog posts on that when that comes out. So from my perspective, doing not a whole lot, it, it's, it was all pretty seamless. I, you know, to post new blog posts, it's, it was exactly the same as it was before. Mm -hmm. Um, although you did kind of clean up the branches a bit, so we're now posting to the proper branch, um, which had nothing to do with the SSL. 
So did you have to make any changes from the continuous deployment side of things? So we did, um, but lucky for us, uh, Travis is amazing. And Travis CI is fantastic in terms of their uh, different deployment uh, methods. So they have a lot of pro deployment providers, they call them. And S3 is one of the common providers they have. And you just kind of fill in all the properties you need in your, uh, YAML, your Travis CI YAML file for your build. And it just does the rest and it does uh, cleans everything up for you, redeploys the whole static site to the bucket you want. And, and it's done. It just kind of takes care of itself. The thing that did end up coming up, and I noticed it uh, the second night, was because we're using CloudFront and a CDN, uh, what it doesn't do by default is invalidate the cache. So although it, it, we, we, we don't do a lot of heavy caching, um, but we, we listen to the, the user's browser cache. So uh, there was a point where uh, Dylan had done a, a post updating his speaking engagements on the, on the site. And then a couple hours later, I did the same thing. I had up, updated with one of my speaking engagements. And no matter what I did, I could not get the most updated version of our site, even though it had deployed and I waited a little bit. And that's just because the CDN is doing its job, right? It doesn't want to invalidate everything and your browser is doing its job. It's not going to re-download everything by default every single time. So we ended up updating some, some things to run what is called a CloudFront validation at the end of uh, the deployment on success. And that just invalidates the cache and forces it, forces browsers to, to, it'll force browsers to get the latest version. And so that's what we ended up doing. And again, because Travis is amazing, uh, we just use the AWS Python uh, command, command line uh, interface. Just, you know, we just use that as a after deploy step and it just creates an invalidation and it's done. It was just more doing some science experiments with running some Python alongside everything else that we're running because we have a Node.js build for, for, the, for the Hexo stuff. So just kind of making sure that all worked, but it worked pretty seamlessly. It was just a more of a, it was, it was just lovely. Like Travis was great on that front and the, and the deployer was really great. So I, I can't speak high, I, 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 can't, I can't give it more endorsement than, than what we're doing here. <laughs> Yeah, just my limited uh, use of it with um, just with the website, I've been pretty impressed with it. Yeah, no, and I mean, I'm 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 familiar with VSTS, and it's and to be clear, I did implement this in VSTS as well. Um, now, the only thing that I, I had it working really quickly, I had it deploying just fine. the The biggest challenge was that invalidation step. And some of the S3 stuff, it, it was the, the, the built-in Amazon support in the Microsoft VSTS build system is, is, is it's good. It's just not perfect, I guess, or great. Um, but that's not to say that that's not unexpected. It wasn't very hard to get it working in VSTS either. I ended up writing a little script that just executed after the deployment was done uh, and, it, and it worked fine. That being said, I probably could have used some of the Python APIs inside of a, a hosted build agent in VSTS as well. But I like the idea of us having, you know, we're a GitHub site. I want to expose our build uh, publicly so we can see like what's actually running and then people can, can actually look at it if they want to because it is, you know, it's Travis and it's an open source site. So it, it's free and they can, everyone can see what we're doing. So I kind of like that transparency that comes with Travis and GitHub. They kind of go hand in hand. So, so yeah, it was all, all, all good. 
Excellent. So what's next? What are you doing? What have you done for us lately? <laughs> Other than try to document this and, and add some content to the site. Um, well, that's a bit uh, of a, a hit against us there, isn't it? That we're not adding content. <laughs> to be clear, I'm just as guilty as the next person. <laughs> Tell me he's lying, Donald. Okay. <laughs> Um, you know, there's a couple things we're looking at now that we're using a CDN, looking at uh, leveraging, putting up some static sites or static images up there, something like that to kind of leverage the CDN feature. Um, uh, what content we put up there that's more static and cached is, is still up to be decided. I mean, I'm going to talk about what's coming up next, like Prairie DevCon's coming up next pretty quickly for a lot of us. It'd be nice to put up our, our slide content and stuff like that through the CDN and, and have that available. So again, it's all on GitHub, right? So some of the issues are there and uh, just kind of going through it and figuring out what, you know, and if I'm being honest, I'm looking at the site going, what is the most important thing to me? And uh, having a conversation with uh, the rest of you folks on GitHub. So I think those are one of the two, it's just hosting our presentation content or possibly moving into hosting our own images and moving all that content in there. I think the, the images one is interesting because it's been a pain point for some of us, <laughs> Dylan. Um, to be able to figure out how to host images that, you know, you don't just check into the branch of GitHub. I've been asking for this for years. It's such a pain having to go put my images on Flickr or something and create an account there and link to them. So, and it's, it's, it's entirely possible in. to solve that problem. Um, I've, I do it with my blog using the same infrastructure setup. The only change that we need to do is, um, well, one, probably backport our images up that we want to. Yep. And then set it up to set up our repo to work with uh, Git large file system. Yep, and all that stuff's there. So it's just it's just kind of sorting through the logistics of that. Yep. And so that's the that's the kind of the short term one. Uh, long game, uh, because I'm kind of deprecating like my own DavidWest.com blog and stuff like that slowly but surely. I want to like, but uh, again, it's a conversation piece. But to see about migrating legacy content over. To Western devs, because uh, I don't, if, I, if I can just redirect con all, all the people that are going to blog.davidwest.com to Western devs, like the majority, like half of my content is already on uh, wd.com anyway. So I um, want to talk about see about doing that, and if that even makes sense for the for the group. It's just it's a whole bunch of backported content, but it's one of the things I'm I'm considering, but I haven't shared that with the whole group yet. So it's a good thing I brought it up in a very public forum like this. <laughs> It's something we've uh, actually talked about before. I think Dylan, even you mentioned that as well, putting your old blog posts. Absolutely. Every um, time I mention these things, you guys shout me down. And Westy comes along, just like, let's do it. Uh, we have not said that yet. He's just um, committing us to it because he said it in a public forum. And now we look bad if we say no. So we we can't it? really let Dylan be the first person because then. All of, all of Westy's hipster cred would go away if he was the second. Oh, I got it. If I want something, I just got to bring it up in the podcast. Gotcha. <laughs> ask for forgiveness. There we go. Westy wanted us as hell, and then he did all the work, so huzzah. It's funny how that works. <laughs> okay, it's very exciting, and... Um, and it's, I really appreciate all the stuff you did, Westy. Hey, no worries. It's, uh, it's, it's benefiting me. I might as well benefit the rest of us too. So that's kind of the intent. Hey, you didn't say you were getting any benefit from this. Have you been learning? 
Big shit, I guess so. <sighs> okay. I don't know how we feel about that. <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm comfortable with three cloud providers. Well, so there we go. You were learning on our time. So <laughs> I feel like you, wait, wait. I feel like I own that knowledge. <laughs> we should probably give it back. Or at least we, we should make them work to repay it. Which oh. three uh, cloud providers? Azure, Amazon, and IBM. Oh. IBM. Oh. Okay, next okay. <laughs> we're using cloud in the loosest of senses. Here. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll talk about that in our next podcast. <laughs> we, we, can, we can edit that out of the recording, right? <laughs> I think the real <laughs> podcast title at that point is IBM has a cloud. <laughs> yeah, that's I thought you were going to say Google. I'm like, when did you work on Google? No, I went. I went lower than Google. <laughs> Okay, we're going to wrap up. Thanks again, Westy. This is uh, hopefully the first of uh, a little bit more regular schedule as we get back onto it. I'm cooler than Dylan. That's all I have to say. You don't need, need to say that. All right. Thanks, everyone. Let's wrap it up. We'll talk again next time. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks, guys. Yeah.